Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Jay Payleitner, who is a best-selling author and speaker, so stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. If you've been tuning in to the Guys Like Us podcast for some time now, well, thank you so much. I'm glad that this has been of value to you and your walk. And if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating or review or sharing a post um, or even taking a screenshot of Guys Like Us on iTunes and posting it to social media and tagging official Guys Like Us on Instagram or just passing this along to a few friends. That would be an incredible way to help and support this podcast. If you're a first-time listener, just so glad that you're here, and and thank you for for tuning in, checking us out, and wherever you may be, in the car, at home, um, just glad that you're tuning in and hope that you find this episode today enjoying. In today's conversation, I speak with Jay Payleitner, who is a national best-selling speaker and author. He has written over 30 books, and I don't know how he has found so much time to write, but his last last one, which is now available, is called The Prayer of Agur. Some of you may be wondering who Agur is, what Agur is, um, all of these questions. Well, uh, it's a very small character in the Bible, and he talks about this simple prayer that just postures us into humility and just receiving our daily bread. And so I'm super excited for this episode. We talk about how that verse can really be applied into so many spheres of our life, um, whether it's our marriage, whether it's our family, whether it's in relationships uh, with those that are close to us or distant uh, from us. Just thinking about how this can be a way of life um, is, is really disorienting, but then of course reorienting in the word. And so Without further ado, here's my conversation with Jay. It's great to have you on today. Well, Tyler, uh, my privilege. Yeah, uh, Jay Payleitner. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Uh, <laughs> what a, uh, good, good to be here. I love talking to guys. I love speaking to guys. And so uh, when I heard uh, about this uh, podcast, I was like, I got to get on, hang out with Tyler for a few minutes and share some things. And uh and learn something from you as well. Thanks, man. Absolutely, and and you know you've uh, you've you've written a good deal of books. Was was kind of digging back into into the archives and know that you've managed to write. Uh, was it over twenty five books now? Can you um mm-hmm. can, how how have you managed to 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 uh, to write that many books? I just feel like I don't I don't have that much to say. Well, it, it's uh it's a really Tyler. It's about yeah. the seasons of life, and your listeners yeah. can certainly identify with that. Yeah. I mean, I sold. Out of college, I sold photocopiers and law books, and then yeah. I was in advertising on Michigan Avenue in Chicago, yeah. where I wrote spots for Mike Ditka, oh, uh, yeah. for Midway Airlines, and I, and for Corona Beer, I wrote TV spots and uh, and helped. I was I led a creative team that named Sun Chips, and then God called me to uh, out of that world into a kind of a world working with ministries and Christian publishers, yeah. publishers. 
Um, where I, that's where I, I, I focus. I learned to write, and and I wrote, I co-wrote four thousand scripts for the National Center for Fathering. Some of mm-hmm. your listeners may know those guys over there. Mm-hmm. Great organization. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and uh, I, I produced Josh McDowell Radio for fourteen years, and I worked mm-hmm. with Chuck Colson on his uh, annual radio broadcast to uh, raise funds for Angel Tree and stuff with the Bible League and and Voice of the Martyrs, working with Michael Tate and Toby Mac. Um, but I was I, I learned to write, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then I, about fifteen years ago I I had this hankering and I and I wrote a book, kind of for my first book that really took off was a book for dads. Yeah. That uh, sold uh, 170,000 copies now. Uh, so, so I've sold like wow. 700,000 books. Wow. Uh, but th- that first book for dads, which took off, was um, 52 Things Kids Need from a Dad. Wow. And uh, it took off from there. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, as you said, <laughs> how do you write so many books? Uh, just the publishers kept saying, well, Jay, can you do this? Can you do this? And I, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Can I write a book for husbands? Yeah, I, I can write a book for for husbands. Can I write a book for wives? Well, yeah. sure. How do I? I know what husbands need. So, so it just took off from there, yeah. and uh, I write short chapters that are easy to read, and uh, it's, it's kind of been a privilege to uh, to see the season of life as seasons yeah. go through. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious what my next season's going to be, mm-hmm. and Tyler, uh, I'm curious what your next season's going to yeah. be. Yeah. No. Well, thank you. And um, it's a lot of it's a lot of great background, and that was kind of the, the where I was where I was going to go with that that question as well. Is just kind of a little bit more introduction to who you are. So you're you're based in Chicago, and um, and obviously you have uh, this this book that is releasing in June, um, Prayer of uh, Ager. Um, and I, I want to, I would love to get to that in just a moment. Um, but just kind of I had a preliminary question before we, before we dive in. And so looking at a lot of some of your earlier books that you've written, as you mentioned on, on fathering, hus- being a husband and some other men's topics as well. If, uh, if you were to go back and add anything into the books that you, uh, that you wrote, you know, going back to some of your early books or even some of your more recent ones, is there a particular, book that you'd start first and what would you uh what would you say in um in your i guess your additional maybe chapter or appendix to that book huh that's wow that's a great question um there is a sense that uh that you can't go back and and revise old books because they're out yeah. there forever yeah and uh that does that i do pick one up once in a while and go uh t- two things happen when i pick up one of my old books it's like Wow, how did I write that? How 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 did how did I sit down and, and my fingers flew over the keyboard and, and wrote that? Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while I'll run across like, well, that's not right, Jay. Mm-hmm. That's kind of goofy. How, why did you say it that way? Um, so that's a very interesting question you're asking there. Um, for the for the family relationship books, mm-hmm. dads and husbands and and uh, 52 things daughters need from their dad, 52 okay. things sons need from their dad, and and uh, uh, I would say there's uh, well, there's, there's absolute truth that doesn't change, mm-hmm. and I, I think I got that right. But there are some cultural truth things that mm, that yeah. that do, would change that I would go back and and add to. Uh, for instance, there's a what chapter in my book for dads like make sure you carry pictures of your. This is only from 12 years ago. Yeah. Carry pictures of your photos of your kid in your wallet. That's an important thing. Well, that's kind of ridiculous, a ridiculous notion these days. Right. Um, everybody, every dad has photos of their kids in their on their iPhone or on their smartphone. Mm-hmm. 
so that's not a problem anymore. Mm. Now, organi- organizing it and finding decent photos is sometimes more difficult. And uh, so I, I speak on that sometimes. Um, and uh, actually, I had the book that I've wrote three books on marriage. Um, and not too long ago, I, I started getting worried. It's like, man, uh, did I was I more the you know the dominant husband put you, put your you know the the wife needs to be barefoot in the kitchen and the housewife kind of thing guy I hope I wasn't that way um, because my wife was a stay at home mom for 25 years mm-hmm. until our baby went to college and then Rita ran for city council and she's a, an alderman now so that's another yeah. season of life wow. but I was I went back to think man I, I'm hoping I wasn't putting women you know, into their some some kind of subservient role. Not that that was in my head, but occasionally we get that way sometimes as Christian guys. So I went back and it's like, no, thankfully, I acknowledged and applauded and appreciated um, the role of women as, uh, hmm. as uh, you know, co-leaders of the family. Right. Um, right. And uh, so I, 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 did, I did that right. And I was especially worried because I, my, in the, in the meantime, five, four sons, they all got married to wonderful, strong women who all have their own careers on some level. Um, and as grandkids came along, little young ones, uh, they've they've stepped back some of that role. Not all of them have. So it's been very interesting. Uh, all that to say, I think I got it right. Not too much more to add, except for some maybe some technology things and some cultural things. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, and that is a, a sigh of relief to think, wow, I think I, I got it right. Uh, God was leading me down the right path as I was uh, hmm. beating my keyboards over the over the years. That's no, I think that's that's some some great insights um, into the the cultural elements that have changed, and just kind of looking back. I know for at least for me, even looking back at you know hearing myself speak, you know when I go and edit a pod, edit this podcast, it can be <laughs> it can be kind of painful hearing hearing you know yourself. Even just a few, you know, weeks ago, or, or kind of hearing some, or seeing something that you produced with with uh, with your own eyes, and so I always think that you know going back and you know changing something is hard because you feel like you know you want to leave it all on the table, but also be able to uh, be flexible for or just kind of hear hear how God's moving mm. in this in different seasons that might might make you kind of re uh, take a second look. Um, back at some uh, some things that you've done and maybe uh, you know really some convictions that you want to cement down and some other elements that might uh, might have changed a little bit so definitely appreciate yeah, uh, well, that. Uh, yeah you make me think as in in the publishing world uh, again you don't go back too often except for uh, one of my dad books I I, I speak uh, nice things about Bill Cosby yeah. and so <laughs> when that fury yeah. came out about him. I went back and kind of insisted that on the next printing that we take some of that out. Yeah. Um, so those kind of things happen, and that's part of the part of the world. But we've all read books. It's like, well, that's old news, or that doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah. And even after you talk about uh, coronavirus stuff uh, now, in a few years, people will look at back that and say, wow, that's I forgot about that. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mentioned some things about 9-11 in some of my books and that seems like old news to people. I'm not sure, right. uh, you know, young dads today would even think too hard about, think mm-hmm. twice about 9-11. But that was a uh, cultural impact to, my, to me when I was raising my kids, of course, that kind of thing. So right. so uh, right. time and history moves on. Yeah. No, I think that, that's actually, that's a really good point. And is that there's some defining moments in historical events that have happened that have shaped different 
trajectories of how we view kind of the present day and what were what are some kind of some 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 guideposts for us and i think that it's the coronavirus is going to be another one of those moments that um you know are people that are have experienced it and even people in the in you know for generations to come are going to kind of hear about how significant that was as a universal um kind of ordeal that changed um that has changed a lot and you know it's something that we could we could talk about this for a long time but just the 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 impact that this is going to have later of like kind of how we find ourselves you know shifting into a new gear what's going to be and, and all all that that brings but we, we won't we won't get too deep into that now no well the, the reminder though um for believers is that there is absolute truth god is on his throne god's yeah. in charge yeah. uh the the truth of scripture is not going to change uh but we need to be yeah. part of the culture we need to be in this world but not of this world yeah. and so we need to uh you know sometimes flex with the culture and see where that's going but uh, there are truths that we need to stand on and mm. stand for, uh, and yeah. that would be maybe one of the goals uh, uh, today and as the rest of the bro- rest of our broadcast and uh, as we move forward. So um, yeah, there you go. No, absolutely. So so the the and the the, the book that's uh, going to be releasing in June. Right now we're we're recording at the end of April, um, and it's the the it's prayer of a- uh, Agar. Um, can you just talk about what, I guess, who Agar is, you know, when I first saw the title and I'm sure a lot of people are thinking the same, just need a little bit more context of who he actually is, um, and and what we know about him. Yeah. Agar, um, A-G-U-R. And, uh, I've done my own little polling as I talk to people, telling people about the book as I was writing it. And, uh, if you gentlemen, guys listening, gals, guys listening, Mm -hmm. if you have not heard of Agar in the Bible, don't. Don't don't beat yourself up because uh, he's kind of obscure. Yeah. And I'll tell you who he is. Um, we know Proverbs has 31 chapters, and the first 29 were written by uh, King Solomon, or maybe his minions and pals. But mm-hmm. King Solomon gets credit for the first 29 chapters. Uh, Proverbs 31, the last chapter in Proverbs, is written by King Lemuel. Um, and that uh, that particular uh, chapter of the Bible, Proverbs 31, is kind of famous because it has all that that nice stuff about the Proverbs 31 woman who goes out and, and buys a field and spins flax and makes her husband proud at, at, the, mm-hmm. at the city gates kind of thing. That's Proverbs 31. There's women's ministries called Proverbs 31 women mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But Proverbs 30, Proverbs 30 is written by this character, kind of a quirky little guy. I'm just picturing him named named Agar. And we really don't know too much about him. I mean, he we know his his his, his dad's name was Jaka and he might have been from Northern Arabia and, and that is about all we know about him, hmm. except for he was sharp enough and his words were inspired by God. Uh, because it's included in Scripture. So Proverbs 31, yeah. uh, excuse me, Proverbs 30 yeah. is uh, written by Agar, and uh, smack in the middle, uh, a third of the way through that that book, Proverbs 30, is a prayer. Mm-hmm. The only mm-hmm. prayer in all of Proverbs, and uh, and I'm gonna, may I go ahead and I'm gonna read it. It's the yeah, it's the core the core message is just 13 words. It's this. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Think about that. Mm-hmm. That's 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 Agar's prayer. 
Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. What do you think about that? Quite simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, I heard this. Uh, it's, I'm not even sure I heard it. I think I heard it at some men's events. Yeah. Some guy, some preacher just kind of threw it. was a throwaway line of, of how we need to, you know, not ask for too much, too little. Um, but let me, um, uh, right after that, he explains what he means by that. He yeah. says, so give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Then he goes on to say, this is verse 9, otherwise I may have too much and disown you and mm. say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the mm. name of my God. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's kind of mind-blowing that there's this, this sweet spot that he's talking about. Right. Uh, don't give me too much. Don't give me too little. Because if you give me too much, I'll think it's all about me. And if I have too little, I might steal yeah. and dishonor you right. as a, as a God-fearing character. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it just touched me. And it's like, wow, as soon as I heard that, uh, I had to go back and look it up and read it and think about it. And I spent a couple of years trying to put the book together, and I and I finally did. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's such a when I, when I again when I when I was first picking up this book, I was a little perplexed, and I um I just because I, I, I yeah I've never heard of uh of kind of the backstory or really I guess this proverb really at all and um something well you read it you read it right. Tyler but you just kind of blew, blew through it you didn't even look yes. at the name yes. of the guy who wrote it it's just like okay it's a nice little thought yeah yeah. So yeah, so we you you had mentioned you know this is not this is not David or Moses or or Solomon or you know somebody that has kind of typically had this grand stature and this really this um this kind of the the magnitude of their of their work um is definitely highlighted but this is someone who is seemingly you know uh, you said throwaway line and so this there's almost like this in, insignificance that it can be but for, yet for some reason there is such bold and just um, amazing truth that is found in these simple, and you know, in this this simple, you know, what is it, two or three lines that you had mentioned? What what do you think, we, or what, why do you think maybe we overlook this line in particular? What is the challenge to um, to kind of finding to finding the sweet spot that it's talking about? Because it sounds like the sweet spot is, you know, it's not the prosperity gospel, but it's also not. Um, it's also not, you know, intentionally going or, and like isolating yourself and, and living in poverty. But it's just this what where you are right now, you know, find appreciate this daily bread that you're given. And that that will that will be enough. Um, yeah, I think uh, a lot of us, if we go through life because we're trying to do great things, then trying to settle down. We go back, we go down the road of life, just banging off guardrails back and forth. And this proverb, this uh, this line from Agur, this prayer, kind of says, you know what? Just stay down the middle of the road, nice and on a nice pace, and go slow and easy, or, or at, the, at the right space, uh, the right uh, speed for you. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's very interesting. Um, uh, give me give me neither poverty nor riches, but mm -hmm. give me only my daily bread. Mm -hmm. Give me only my daily bread. What you think? Well, that's that's kind of in the Lord's prayer, mm -hmm. our Father, Lord, and have don't give be the name. Give us this day our daily bread, which mm -hmm. is not exactly the same because uh, Agur saying, "Give me only my daily bread." Mm -hmm. uh, the Lord's prayer says, "Give me my daily bread." Hmm. Uh, this is only my daily bread, which kind of reflects that um, the uh, uh, the manner from heaven coming down in, in the yeah. desert for the uh, Israelites. 
they got just enough for that day. Remember that the uh, manna, manna, and if they uh, if they mm. gathered too much, it spoiled. I guess the next day, as I recall, and yeah. uh, yep. and right. on, I think on, on the day before the Sabbath, they got twice as much came down so that they could yep. kind of keep it yep. set it aside. So there's this idea that uh, and I can we could we could beat we could beat on this for, for a while, but sure. the idea of Lord, just give me only, only my just give me exactly what I need, not more, not less. And I'm trusting you for this, uh, and I know you will provide, and I can rest in this. Um, and that's it's like living in the center of God's will. Wouldn't that be a great way mm-hmm. to live, Tyler? Mm-hmm. We could all kind of live in the center of God's will, not banging off the guardrails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this, so this kind of trying to shift a little bit into like what this what this sweet spot looks like for i guess you know for for i guess first for you and your own experience there must have been mm. something that had kind of gripped you to write to really expect ex- expand and um and and kind of deep dive into this into this particular line what was what has this sweet spot looked like for you and kind of how have you processed that yeah um i think by god's grace uh there's a sense that i i kind of have been living a balanced life uh not uh, in general. Uh, five kids, uh, a wife who holds mm-hmm. me accountable. Well, I got fired from a few jobs, um, but you know God still provided. So I, I learned over the years to trust. Maybe it's the big picture I'm looking back. In the mm-hmm. middle of life, though, I, I was I had some anger issues that uh, that I that I I dealt with. Uh, that God God showed me that's not the way to go. Um, but um, that that mm-hmm. sweet spot uh, it kind of reflects. Uh, and Philippians chapter four, that that great line of that I've I've learned the secret of being content in every in every situation. It is I think mm-hmm. Philippians chapter four, uh, whether well fed or hungry, living in plenty or in want. So um, this idea of living God's sweet spot is not just found in in uh, in Proverbs. It's it's elsewhere right. in Scripture. Um, but um, uh, I think uh, and Tyler, you and I can go back and forth on this. There mm-hmm. are all kinds of 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 sins and situations that uh we need to you know find that middle sweet spot where god is uh you can imagine um uh well you can go through you could go through all all seven of the deadly sins uh right. uh sloth and envy and anger and pride uh uh lust uh, gluttony there's a sweet spot that we could be in there uh the idea that um we think envy is a bad thing and it is, but a little bit of envy makes you kind of get up in the morning, and go, I, I can do better than this. I can, I can work a little harder, or, um, or pride. We're not supposed to be prideful, mm-hmm. but no, you know, I'm, the, I'm going to be proud when, uh, when my kids do something. Uh, I, I'm going to have parental pride, mm-hmm. or when I finally finish a book and send it off to a publisher, I'm kind of there's a sense that I'm proud of my work. Is that okay, Tyler? If I, can I be proud of my work when I finish a book or when you, you know, f- uh, finish a project or finish one of your uh, things? Is that okay? Is, is a little pride okay? Do you think? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think being proud and uh, I've, I've always kind of wrestled with this and. <laughs> yeah, and a lot, a lot of your listeners have. Yeah, and you know, I, I, a lot of, I mean, pride has always been seen as something that is, um, really the. I guess the, the, one of the greatest crutches for man and like, 
and for 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 guys it's been something where we want to do a lot uh work like there's this i think drive for working harder and i mean people who are most people who are listening to this podcast already have this knack for wanting to know more to be more um and really to kind of live into their god-given purpose and calling and so i think that drive and that hunger to 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 be closer with god and to and to 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 love God and to serve in whatever capacity that looks like is such a good thing. Um, and I think there can be times when we let that, I think when we let kind of that, some maybe drivers that are, uh, I guess that this driven mentality, we can, we can try and work too hard on our own strength and try and work too hard to, um, and I think that's that's maybe one time where our pride really gets to us, and we kind of we try and to do too much on our on our own, and not and not let um, God really speak to us and speak through us to to reveal some things that we might be missing, or we might just be trying, might be kind of approaching something from the the wrong angle. Um, mm. And so I think I think yeah I think being proud is a you know I'm definitely you know after I study hard and work hard for a test, you know, and I'd say I get a good, good grade. I'm definitely proud about, you know, how I did, but I don't let that kind of define. Um, I don't let, I don't let the result of it define who I am, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it, it totally does. And that's yeah. the thing that, uh, that guys like us, your listeners, uh, struggle with all the time. Uh, but when you're in that sweet spot, walking with God, you kind of feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. the other one, the other example, if I'm going back to the seven deadly sins, is is lust. Uh, sure. um, uh, to Tyler, I know you're not married, and and I and I, I endorse uh, marriage. So hopefully that comes to you someday if it's the right thing for you. Mm-hmm. But um, but uh, lust is a, a horrible, terrible thing. A porn addiction is up it's with the coronavirus, and and I've talked to so many guys that have that burden. But at the same time, you know what? We're supposed to. Can I say that? Can, can, is it okay if I lust after my wife a little bit? Isn't that kind of uh, part of the, the charm and beauty of being married is, is, is that romance? Now, lust might be the wrong word, but at the same time, um, that's a, there's a sweet spot. Uh, mm-hmm. If I'm obsessed with sex, you, I mean, that, that just uh, mm-hmm. uh, derails my whole life. Mm-hmm. But if I don't you know work on, my, on romance and, and, and meeting my wife's needs, then I'm... Uh, uh, I'm not uh, honoring the marriage bed. So again, there's even a sweet spot with lust, if I can say that. A sweet spot with with anger. We need to be righteously angry sometimes. Angry sometimes at things like abortion and abuse and and some of the, the creepy stuff going on in the culture. We need to be angry, but not so much that it it uh, makes us go off the deep end. So again, back to that sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Don't make me too angry, Lord. About things, but you know, make give me a little, a little uh, edge, a little anger when when stuff is 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 fighting against you. Um, so, uh, mm-hmm. so there you go. That's 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 uh, that's why I settled on this idea, the sweet spot. Uh, it's the you know the sweet spot of a tennis racket, mm-hmm. the sweet spot yeah. of a baseball bat. When you when you hit a a, a baseball, you, you athletes out there, yeah. you know when it takes off. That's a sweet spot you want to be in. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. No, t- definitely. And I think that's the, that's a g- really good analogy. And I, I, I'm a former athlete and I guess I'd still consider myself an athlete, though, not a, not at the <laughs> former, former athlete. <laughs> yeah, not not at the same level or the same commitment that I that I once was. Um, but nonetheless, still, you know, still appreciate the the the, the hustle and just the uh, kind of some of the lifestyle that goes with it, all, all the kind of the work and dedication and and, uh, you know, seeing how you, you're seeing the fruits of your labor, too, is, is is quite nice of how, you know, what you put in and seeing how you get stronger and faster and, you know. And a little bit more skilled and are, you're able mm. to you're able to hit that sweet spot a little bit more frequently um when you're when you have that habit formation in that in that those daily the daily disciplines that it requires to be an athlete um and so yeah so i i guess i want to transition a little bit in terms of um how some i guess how uh somebody so ordinary like um Ager is um plays such an important role. And I think for us, we can f- maybe find that our circumstances in life or the position that we're in might seem very ordinary. Um, but it seems like God uses some pretty ordinary people for some extraordinary, extraordinary purposes. So how have you kind of thought through or kind of how, how do you think through maybe some of the things that we might consider ordinary, you know, our work or yeah. our relationships, sometimes they can kind of get boxed, put in that box. Um, how how are these um, really magnified by this uh, by this proverb here? Well, um, yeah, you're making me think of a few different things. Sure. Uh, uh, one would be certainly that there are all kinds of um, minor characters in the Bible who yeah. did great things. I yeah. am intimidated out of the intimidated by by Moses and David and yeah. and, and Peter and Paul yeah. uh, writing all that stuff it's like holy cow uh, there's no way I can measure up but somebody like uh, like Simeon the old guy who uh, when Jesus was 40 days old uh, he was the prophet who, who held him up and said I've been waiting for this for this baby or or uh, think about um, a name that uh, you may not even remember her name, uh, uh, Jacobet, if, if I see how you pronounce it. Who's that in the Bible? She's only mentioned a couple times, mm-hmm. but she was uh, maybe the father of the, the the mother of the Old Testament. She was Moses's and Aaron's and Miriam's mom, uh, who uh, you know was the one who put Moses in the basket. Uh, um, mm-hmm. uh, Jacobet. She was a minor character, but man, did she influence uh, 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 Christianity and uh, the, all the Old Testament. And then think about the thief on the cross. He shows up for just a couple chapters, for a couple uh, a couple verses. Um, minor character, but boy, when Jesus turns to him and says, "You'll be with me today in paradise." So those are, I guess I want to just honor the idea that of, of being a minor character. Mm-hmm. There's nobody, mm-hmm. there's no minor players in God's kingdom because we influence the people around us. Uh, mm-hmm. We are called to, uh, we are sometimes called just to, uh, you know, to, to wash a dish in the sink sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's our job sometimes, guys, is to go over to the sink and wash a couple dishes. Sure. Uh, yeah. And uh, so those kind of things. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and that can make a huge difference. Uh, uh, talking to our neighbor right. or holding somebody's hand or the small things. Yeah. Uh, never, ever, ever uh, minimize that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that, that's my t- – your question was uh, how can small people and small small gestures make a difference? My golly, yeah. over and over again, uh, it does. Yeah. And and how – and this is kind of where I want to lead is like, you know, as we start to think of the, the – 
as we look at kind of the the proverbs and the seeking you know that the, this is these are books of wisdom and the book of wisdom and and looking at kind of how we can kind of bring these to the different different places of our life um not only you know or, i guess just being a little bit more th- taking things from a higher point of view of hey there's so many places in our lives that we can incorporate this and i and obviously you've done a lot of work in marriage um and in 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 uh, relationships with kids uh with you know whether it's daughter or son um what are maybe just a few a few principles or a few a few teachings that you've um that have come to mind for you with bringing this this um this this prayer into those into those uh relationships well again i think we're coming back tyler to to god's sweet spot yeah. And that's where we want to, doesn't it sound wonderful to, 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 to be able to, to, to kind of bring equilibrium, mm. to bring equilibrium, balance to your ministry and to your relationships. Um, uh, if, uh, if you're, if you're looking for love, uh, if you're looking for love, uh, you gotta, you know, find looking for a woman who is beautiful and smart and exactly meets your needs. But at the same time, you might have to surrender some of your own, uh, uh, he, uh, be be humble and uh, and look at your own flaws. So you got to look to both sides of that. Um, if you're uh, you know you can't be working eighty hour weeks, ninety hour weeks. Some guys do that. You gotta you know take some mm-hmm. time. You gotta have some rest in there. You gotta yeah. enjoy the Sabbath. Sure. Um, yeah. uh, your ministry, boy. There I know dads who who don't hang out with their kids because they're spending too much time volunteering at church. And that seems a little silly, don't you think? So there's this idea that um, mm-hmm. finding God's sweet spot, and I, and I, I guess I want to want to say this, and here's mm-hmm. here's might be the the kind of the sweet spot bonus. The last chapter of the book talks about the the sweet spot bonus, and that is mm-hmm. this, guys. If you can build, build. If you can plant, plant. If you can dance dance if you can hug hug uh you we all have our own sweet spots we all have our own gifts uh god tyler it's, it's maybe this here's the point god doesn't want us to live in frustration always not not doing enough mm-hmm. or he doesn't want us to be this lazy bum sitting on the laying on the couch watching golf or football all afternoon um there's this there's this idea that he wants us to live in a sweet spot uh, he, he gives us our gifts and our passions. Mm-hmm. He gives us gifts. He gives us passions. And you can learn that. You can discern that. And mm-hmm. then he wants you to do the stuff that, to use those gifts, almost like to do the stuff that comes easily. Mm-hmm. God has given you, gentlemen, God has given you gifts. You don't have to beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. Do what you do best and do it well and give that back to God. Mm-hmm. Do it with excellence and, and, and give him the glory. There's freedom in that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. that's a uh, that's a far ways from maybe this character named Anger yeah. writing a few uh, one chapter in Proverbs, but that's what it means today. I think is for us to to do the stuff, is, is look at our gifts and use them, give those gifts back to God mm-hmm. to serve Him. Phew. <laughs> wow. No. Well, thank you. And that's that's um, I think that's a great way to to round off our our time today. And I um, I just I really believe that this is such a it's just it's it's very humbling um, to posture ourselves in in just receiving these things that are are really extraordinary. Um, 
but um, some, but a lot of times we we don't think of them as very extraordinary. Um, so it really it, it's humbling. It requires some humility, um, and just putting ourselves, you know, uh, before God at on our knees, just asking, you know, for, this is the, this is only this is this is what I only need. So. Um, yeah, let me uh, let me challenge your, your your listeners if I can to go ahead. Even when this when this little podcast is over, go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter thirty, and and find that little prayer and you know retype type it out and paste it onto something. Give me only my daily need, my only my the my give me only my uh, my daily bread, Lord. And then you know Proverbs thirty, you can flip over just a few pages to the right. Is after Proverbs, of course, is um, is Ecclesiastes, and yeah. then you're going to read, you know, the time, there's a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to die, and all that kind of thing. You're going to read that in a whole new light. It's just mm-hmm. a few pages to the right of this, the end of Proverbs, uh, which is, uh, it's Ecclesiastes chapter 3, of course. Uh, there is a time for everything, and a purpose, a season for every activity under heaven. You'll read that in a whole new light. It's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. I'm going to find that sweet spot. Sometimes do both of those things. There's a time to scatter stones, a time to gather them together. Um, boy, very meaningful to me, mm-hmm. and I hope to your listeners as well. Yeah. Well, Jay, thanks. thank you so much for, for spending some time today with us, and um, I really hope that, that listeners can can pick up a copy of the book once it's available and um yeah and just that they can kind of sit in and really work you know really kind of meditate and just let the words of the of this proverb sit in uh i just think it's such a great way to uh, reposition ourselves so jay thanks so much for for your time and where where can we find you or just yeah stay up to date with all that you're doing well oh thank you um well uh hey this book out from mount noma uh, actually, Multnomah, Multnomah is the same folks who published about 20 years ago the Prayer of Jabez, which is a whole other story. But this mm-hmm. is the Prayer of Agur, A-G-U-R, and you can find it, uh, you know, on Amazon or go to my website, um, uh, uh, jpayleitner.com, J-A-Y-P-A-Y-L-E-I-T-N-E-R, jpayleitner.com. Um, I've got all kinds of stuff there for dads and, and down free downloads. And uh, you can find the prayer of Edgar there, or uh, um, or if you, if you favorite bookstore <laughs> when yeah. they when they open again uh, from like, this coronavirus thing. But uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, go to my website, track me down, Jay Payleitner, uh, the prayer of Edgar. Um, uh, what a privilege. Uh, uh, there's even a I, I I just did a free download ebook for dads. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, ten ten ways to connect with your kids on my on my website uh during this coronavirus pandemic uh but hey uh tyler what a privilege thanks for hanging out with me thank you